0: Hi there. I am Karolina Toth, and this is the Level Up Engineering podcast. My guest today is a serial entrepreneur, also the author of quite a few successful books, uh, including Management 3.0 and Managing for Happiness. He holds workshops for teams and also writes a blog at noob.nl. And I personally have had the pleasure of listening to Jürgen at a management conference in the past, And as far as I've discovered, he is full of practical ideas and absolutely down-to-earth solutions for managers. So help me giving you a warm welcome to the Level of Engineering podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Carolina. It's great to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Uh, Please tell us a bit about your passions.
1: My passions, well, they uh, they range uh, widely. So, of course, I I have a passion for management and leadership. That's what I've been writing about for quite a few years and uh, have done, indeed, as you said, uh, conferences and workshops uh, and everything uh, in that area. But nowadays, I focus a bit more on innovation and business agility because I actually think that's uh, where we should start changing the organization by helping them being more innovative. And then once we come to that conclusion, we figure out that we need sometimes better or different management and leadership in the organization. But I also love reading books. I love writing. (laughs) I like painting my house. Uh, So there are many, many things that I uh, keep myself busy with.
0: Thank you so much. Um, Yes, I can see that you are sitting in front of a bookcase Or bookshelf and it's pretty populated. So I watched a video where you gave a TEDx talk and you talked about happiness and how we should be quite aware of happiness around ourselves and within our teams but please tell me first how are happiness and good performance connected in your view?
1: well there is scientific evidence correlating uh, uh, happiness with performance and um, the correlation goes in both ways it is said that uh, happier people are more productive because they feel good uh, they don't mind putting in extra effort because they love their work uh, they enjoy uh, being with their colleagues and they 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 have a purpose hopefully in the organization to strive for so Happy people are more productive, but uh, on the other hand, it also turns out it works the other way, that when the organization is successful and productive and doing well, that makes people happier. <laughs> uh, it is great to work for an organization that, that makes progress and it m- helps people be happier when they see progress in their work and when they see that what they do is having an effect. So it is a virtuous circle, basically. Happiness leads to uh, success and productivity and success and productivity lead to happiness. It's, uh, it goes both ways.
0: How awesome. It sounds like it would be really awesome to work in such a team where, where people are so connected to how they are feeling and also continuously performing better, if, if I hear you correctly. Um, what are the prerequisites for a high-performing team?
1: There are many articles in that um, in that area. Um, the first thing that many people mention is trust. It should be uh, easy to discuss things with your colleagues. There should be no fear of a failure. Many times psychological safety is being mentioned, a popular term nowadays uh that means that it is okay to take risks to to experiment and expect uh, many things to fail but some things to be successful if you don't have that experimental entrepreneurial mindset on uh, on a team then uh, you will learn very little so uh, all of these things are are connected i would say psychological safety and um, and trust and the urge to experiment and try things out they are the first things that come to my mind
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i feel like you talk a lot about experimentation and the importance of it let's say we are working with a team who are not that much into experiments or, or trying new things out how would you go about um, starting up such a culture
1: interesting question because i think that everyone has in their nature uh, a certain amount of curiosity. I mean, just think back to your childhood years of every kid has experimented and played and and, uh, ventured out in the world and some maybe a bit more than others. Some are uh, more fearless and others are more uh, risk averse, but every kid has played, every baby has pushed buttons just to see what they would do. So I think it is very natural for people to be curious and to experiment and to and to play. And it has been beaten out of certain employees, certain team members, because the organization did not appreciate risk taking experimentation and exploration. So I think it, uh, what we need to do is figure out where does that come from, that risk aversion Uh, of employees and team members if they're not willing to try things out. Uh, I suspect that this has something to do with the culture of the organization that they are in, that it had never been rewarded uh, to experiment and to explore. And uh, sometimes this happens in very subtle ways, Um, like, for example, the performance system, the, the compensation system, may only reward successes and not um, uh, learning. And uh, if you only reward success when you only uh, pay people basically for positive outcomes, then people will follow the safe paths that will most predictably lead to, uh, to success because your performance <laughs> depends on it, or your, your your composition depends on it. Why bother running experiments bec- when, when nine out of 10 of the experiments will fail because you're not getting paid for any of that learning that you do. So um, yeah, I think it, you need to investigate where does that come from? And a, a good guess would be a culture uh, in the organization that does not appreciate the 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 learning and does not reward people accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. So if I understand correctly, it's not enough to just talk about the importance of of uh, doing experiments. It's also important to to make some kind of tangible change within the reward system of the organization.
1: For sure, because people do what they are rewarded for, um, and when the rewards are only for for uh, making progress and producing uh, widgets, then you will create as many widgets, widgets as, as possible and uh, let somebody else do the exploration and experimentation because that's not not what you get paid for. And then all the talk and promotion of experiments, uh, they are very nice, but at the end of the day, people get paid not for experiments, but for productivity. And yeah, that's, that's a problem in many companies.
0: Mm-hmm. So let's circle back to the question of happiness for a second. In your experience, um, what are the things that make developers unhappy at a company?
1: Well, that's a difficult one for me because I'm not a coach or consultant. So I don't go around companies trying to understand their specific problems and needs and everything. I, I have my own <laughs> little businesses and try to inspire people by whatever I do. So uh, the only uh, information I have in that regard is uh, through hearsay, and um, uh, the first things that come to mind, things that I have heard, in the grapevine, as they as they say, is uh, 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 managers not being good managers. <laughs> That's where my my first book comes in, "Managerial Law: How to." how to develop better leaders and how to lead developers. Um, so, uh, yeah, the managers can can do much more in order to inspire and motivate their team members. And um, I think many times developers, actually it is, it is said, there's a famous quote somewhere that people don't quit organizations, they quit their managers. <laughs> because they, they simply cannot... Uh, live uh, anymore in the situation uh, in the environment that they are working in, which is created by their manager, basically. And then it's either either I go or the manager goes, and then usually that means I go.
0: Right, right. Without giving away too much of the book, uh, would you mind sharing a couple practices that managers can can use to perhaps? Tune into how their teams are
1: feeling. Well, of course, uh, the maybe the most one of the most popular practices, maybe the most popular practice of management or managing for happiness, is uh, moving motivators, which is uh, figuring out what the motivation is of team members, which could be anything from mastery and and uh, curiosity and uh, goal or purpose. Uh, or um, uh, influence power Uh, there are 10 different motivators in the in the deck which i simply borrowed from from the work of uh stephen rice uh, and uh, dacian ryan Mm self-determination research and Daniel Pink has wrote, has written a book on, on the topic of motivation. Uh, So I looked at these models and I came up with these 10 uh, motivators. And uh, the idea is of this, this exercise is that they're simple cards. You put them on the table and then you ask someone to put them in order from unimportant to important, because it's very difficult for someone to say this, uh, this is how I am motivated. It's, it's an abstract question how what motivates you that's difficult to answer even even for me Uh, but if you have these we have these cards at the table with colorful pictures that mean something to you then you can say and share what what your interpretation is of the cards and how how they compare with each other and that gives the the observer some insight into how a person is is feeling and that people tell me it's a great exercise in recruitment, for example, and uh, in, in one-on-ones with, uh, with team members, but also for team members to understand each other as a collaborative uh, exercise, just to figure out and understand how other people on the team are wired, because we're all different, which is a great thing, uh, but we need to be aware of that, otherwise we simply make assumptions that everyone is, is motivated by the, by the same things, which apparently is it's not the case.
0: I heard you speak maybe in in another podcast I'm not sure but uh, you said it took you quite a few years to realize that not everybody is as motivated by freedom as you are. And Correct. I thought that was um that was a really great insight.
1: Indeed. Yes, uh, I am very much motivated by freedom. It is it is my most important card uh, so I have always implicitly made the assumption that other people would find freedom just as important as I <laughs> as I would. Uh, but it turns out that I had to uh, backtrack from that assumption because for some people it's relatedness, for example, working on a team with friends and great colleagues that's more important for them than the freedom to make their own decisions. And um, yeah, I, I respect that.
0: We are on the topic of, the, of trying to figure out how happy our team is. What do you think about surveys? Do you recommend them? Sending out, you know, a couple of questions to the colleagues or or would you stay away from them?
1: Mm-hmm. I, I have no positive experiences with surveys myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's a is a tool that that HR departments and others uh, use too easily that because it's so easy to set up a, a survey and just send it around but you get very little a very low engagement from from a survey it's much better to have a personal uh, a personal chat with people I think
0: mm-hmm. and you talked about the, the moving motivator cards uh, which I, I have had the pleasure of using but um, it might seem not-so-efficient way of of measuring how people are feeling. What do you have to say to that?
1: Well, you could indeed do a survey to uh, a thousand people, send a survey to a thousand people and get them to ask some questions, and the results, I think, would be a very low value. Uh, It would be faster. But me just ticking a few items off a box, I don't know, it's... Uh, I don't think you should take such answers too seriously because people are busy and they just want to get the survey over with. Um, yeah, it will take people a bit more time to do this exercise with each other. You could ask every team to do this exercise and uh, 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 and that will take at least 20 minutes. That's more time perhaps on the survey of, of three minutes, but the results would be much more uh, much more revealing and, and uh, uh, interesting, I think.
0: And probably long lasting because the team members get to know each other on a on a deeper level as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's the other problem with surveys that it all goes the results go to one direction to HR or whoever sent the survey around, but you don't learn anything about your colleagues. There's no there's no three sixty conversation.
0: Thank you. Let's look on a on a bigger scale of the entire organization. What's the process of of building a management system that keeps people happy? I know it's a big question. So let's start by addressing most of our listeners um, who are VPs, directors of engineering, CTOs. Um, How would you recommend them to start?
1: I don't think there is a process. I think um, what you need to do is, is think out of the box and do things that you enjoy that other people might find enjoyable as well. So, as I've always uh, uh, said, I, I gave many examples uh, of my of my own past. Um, I I invited people for dinner at my house, and then we cooked uh, together. Um, I hung up a bell in the office so that we could ring it uh, when there was something interesting uh, uh, going on, and we wanted something to to celebrate. I use lunchtime to show vacation photos uh, with each other. I started showing my vacation photos after the summer, and then I asked the colleagues to use the next day to show their vacation photos. And then for a whole week, we were just watching and and, and enjoying each other's vacation photos. It's a very simple thing. It's, it would be silly to tell everyone, well, you should start by uh, dedicating your lunch sessions to vacation photos. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But it was these kinds of things that I organized that, that sent a signal that I was not the same kind of manager that people were used to. Uh, I, did, I did silly things, I did things that were fun. And then the serious stuff like, like Scrum, Agile and, and whatever also became easily discussable uh, basically but um um uh, yeah i i think i started with other things that were less dangerous less threatening <laughs> and just uh, more more enjoyable and thankfully other uh, employees also came up with their own uh, suggestions like uh, i was very pleased with the game nights that uh, people organized. every every few months there was a game night on friday night we stayed uh, after office hours until 11 in the office, and we played computer games, and board games, and and card games, etc. It was a lot of fun. There was pizza and cola and and everything. It was just uh, dozens of people who hung around because they enjoyed gaming. And this one or two employees came up with that, and then it was supported by the company uh, with the with the pizzas. And yeah, it was uh, I, it was a memorable. Uh, they were memorable evenings.
0: So if we circle back to the beginning of our conversation about um, doing experimentation, if I hear you correctly, you advise that managers also do experiments within their own teams of, of creating this, this managing for happiness atmosphere.
1: For sure, yes. Um, I think uh, learning happens through experimentation that applies to team members, that applies to, uh, to managers themselves so uh yeah it's it's not any different Um i i have it as uh in indeed in my in my ted the talk that you refer to tedx talk uh i i mentioned the seven silver bullets uh, for management and uh, uh running experiments is one of them you need to try things out and many things will fail or maybe they work for a while and then they just stop working and, and that's okay but uh, at least you uh, you uh you learn from from the from the things that you try.
0: Mm -hmm. We perhaps should have started with this, but I feel like it's a very abstract question. How do you define happiness within a team? What is the telltale sign, or what are the telltale signs of of a happy team?
1: Well, first of all, happiness is not easy to measure, of course, like I cannot measure love. How would you measure love between two people? I don't know, but there are some signs (laughs) that that are observable. (laughs) Same with happiness on a team. I cannot measure it, but uh, there are some tools that are approximations, uh, happiness index, and uh, and, then they usually do not simply ask people about their happiness, but they ask about uh, other things. Uh, that are you motivated towards a purpose or do you enjoy working with your colleagues and and things like that. So, um, I think for a manager and leader, the telltale signs would be um, simple things such as uh, do people talk with each other about something else than just work? Uh, do they talk about the kids or or, or about the vacation they just uh, came back from or, or whatever or the COVID crisis, uh, you know, anything? And uh, do they not care that much about a nine to five attitude, but do they just work because it's enjoyable, uh, whatever the times of the of the days? Of course, they need to respect their own work-life uh, balance or work-life uh, integration, as some prefer to call it nowadays. Uh, not work too much, but I don't care which hours of the day I work. Uh, after this uh, this podcast, I go back to my other room and I continue painting because uh, I was painting that <laughs> that office. <laughs> Uh, in the middle of the day, but in the evening, I w- I am back to writing emails probably because I don't really care what time of the day I do work and what time of the day I have fun and and uh, just uh, enjoy uh, uh, my house or or my my friends and family. So uh, I think those are the kinds of signs that I was I suggest that someone is not just working uh, all day long, but also. Um, yeah, also doing some other stuff, such having conversations with the teams and uh, the the example that I gave our employees coming up with game night and then many of them staying after office hours. I think that was a good sign of happiness. In an unhappy team, nobody would come up with, uh, let's stay after office hours and play some card games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, right. I would not expect something like that to happen on an on a unhappy team.
0: So, I am... Uh in a bit of a pickle here, because you mentioned how, you know, HR departments perhaps try to create such events like a pizza night or, or share your vacation stories at lunch or whatever initiatives. And perhaps those kinds of initiatives don't go as smoothly as something that emerges from the trenches, kind of. So what... What is a good method for for HR departments to to engage or to to motivate developers to kind of take action for their own happiness?
1: Well, I think it is the wrong approach when HR starts to organize such uh, such events because um, when there's no trust, when there's no psychological safety, when people are rewarded for for just results and not for learning, etc, you have a culture in place that you do not change by simply organizing a game night or or carrying a foosball table into the into the company. Um, I think these things need to come from employees themselves. Uh, in the company where I work, the employees themselves paid for the football table that they wanted to have. And the company then subsidized it, but it was their desire, their wish to have a football table in the canteen. So they did it. And I think that's exactly the kind of behavior that you would want. They enjoyed being at the company. They enjoyed having lunch uh, together and, uh, and they wanted to play football in the in, in lunch hours. So, they, uh, they went onto the marketplace and, and found one. And that is because they felt good. They, they enjoyed working with each other. And that is an environment created by the leaders and the HR. So, HR should concern themselves with psychological safety, with, with trust, with how people are compensated and, uh, um, uh, and, and rewarded. Uh, The kinds of things that you celebrate, as I said, celebration or or reward should not only be for for progress, but also for for learning things. Even when you fail, uh, it is worth celebrating the learning from a failed experiment. Uh, So why not ring the bell for a spectacular failure that helped us to learn a lot? Uh, These kinds of things uh, help create an atmosphere in which the, the teams themselves Organize the stuff that that they enjoy because otherwise Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen if management or HR tries to make the the company joyful It's insincere. It is not it is not authentic
0: Mm -hmm. So that means that HR has to kind of create the platforms through which developers can express whatever their needs are or whatever their new ideas are. So they can feel like it's possible for them to get a new football table to the office if they want to. But that also means that the company has to invest its time in, I guess, exploring the mistakes that were made. That kind of feels like an uncomfortable situation.
1: Yeah, maybe. I didn't say that it was easy. <laughs> I just say that uh, you need to be authentic in the way you create a happier workplace. Like I have been at companies where they organize the Friday afternoon drink, trying to uh, have an enjoyable enjoyable uh, work, uh, workplace and atmosphere for everyone. Um, but at the same time, those same leaders and HR people sent uh, performance uh, forms, performance appraisal forms around the company where people had to basically rat each other out, uh, basically report back to HR what they what they like and did not like about working with the other people. That created an, an, an enormous amount of distrust among the employees because who knows what your colleague is going to say about you to HR. and. Uh, that, that that destroys any any psychological safety and 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 trust on the team and then the Friday afternoon drink yeah only the only the managers were there because the employees couldn't couldn't be bothered mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, despite all the prodding and urging and, and 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 motivation from HR to come to the Friday afternoon drink why um I, I people enjoy their families more than 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 the company so they didn't show up
0: Mm -hmm. So what I hear you say is that every manager kind of needs to look at the entire organization as a whole before starting any kind of initiative, trying to figure out what might be the things that withhold the engagement
1: well yes and no it is useful to understand uh the organization as a whole or to have a more holistic picture but your responsibility your sphere of of control and sphere of influence only extends so far you cannot change everything in the company you have to start with where you are uh lead by example be the change you want to see said gandhi uh many years ago so um I did that when I was a, a team member and a development manager a long time ago by just, yeah, do, as I said, doing silly things like inviting people to my home for dinner and stuff like that and showing vacation photos. You don't need anyone's permission for that. You don't need to convince HR uh, or a top management that it would a good, be a good idea to show each other vacation photos. I, I just did it. No, no, no permission needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you can do these things at the team level, as a team leader, if, even if the rest of the organization is crap, uh, even if there's a, there's a nasty uh, culture, you can do your thing with your team to make it more, make it more fun. And say, well, uh, let's uh, start changing things around here, and we will be the ones showing how it how it could be done with our with our team. and then let's see if other people start picking it up.
0: Mm-hmm. So what I hear you say is that if someone wants to make a change, they should just go for it and and try any of the tools that you have mentioned. And then if it doesn't work, then try another tool and and see if that one resonates more so with their team. And they don't necessarily need to wait for any kind of authority to, to say, yeah, you should you should try moving motivators with your team.
1: Right. Um I, I get too many times, too often, the people saying there's nothing I can change around here. Uh, there's nothing you get permission for. Uh, management just blocks everything, and I find that that's not true. There are so many things you can do for which you need nobody's permission. I mean, just inviting your colleagues to go to a to a coffee bar after lunch hours to have a coffee or something. Well, that would be difficult now because we have in, we're locked down <laughs> at this point. But usually that would have been possible. You don't need manager's permission for that. You don't need someone's permission to start a book club. I know many companies where people just start a book club and say, "Well, let's let's start reading this book." I don't care if it's "Managing for Happiness" or a book by any other author, but it would be good to start discussing technical topics or change topics or or product management topics, whatever, and just uh, uh, get a book and 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 read it uh, with each other and reflect on it. And I've never heard that somebody needed a manager's permission for that. (laughs) That would be absurd. Uh, So there's dozens of things that you can do. uh, And uh, I believe that's where it starts, the stuff that you need nobody's permission for. And then when you can show some good results, people are motivated, they, en- they enjoy the coffees, or the, the vacation photos, or, uh, or the, 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 the games that you play with each other. Then you show the results to the, to the managers and uh, and the HR or whoever is in control. And say, well, we would like to do more, but for a number of things that we want to do, we do need your permission. But look at all the great achievements that we have already made so far.
0: Mm-hmm. If we go with that example, would you suggest that managers reward such behaviors after it's been shown great results? Like starting a book club out of the blue.
1: Yeah, why not? I mean... Uh, as part of the performance appraisals, which still exist in many organizations, I think it is worth noting that somebody took uh, the effort of starting a, a book club or a community of practice or whatever. I remember someone coming forward uh, to me and say, I would like to start a community of practice around a certain topic." topics. So, well, you don't have to ask me, you just do it. And, and I, I complimented the person uh, for, uh, for their initiative. I think that's logical that you take into account on a regular basis as managers and leaders, what people have been doing to move the organization forward and uh, yeah whether that reward somehow translates to uh, compensation or job titles or whatever that's up to them but uh, you will see some employees having more of such initiatives than than others and they are often the uh, the valuable ones
0: thank you we have touched on quite a few things related to happiness Um, We have touched on getting comfortable with exploring the mistakes that you have made. We have touched on how good performance creates a virtuous circle with happiness and vice versa. And uh, we also talked a little bit about spending time with each other and, and really making sure we understand not just people who belong to our team, but people who we work together with on the same level. And I think it's very important to say that we have discovered that you don't need to be a manager to create change in an organization. You can just come up with your own ideas. Is there anything that you would like to add?
1: All our conversations were around uh, happiness, uh, managing for happiness, leadership, which is awesome. Uh, I, I love the topic, as I, as I said. I've been talking about it for 10 years or, uh, or more. Personally, I am now, uh, I have moved away a bit in the direction of innovation and uh, a bit of product management, business agility, uh, because, uh, as I said at the start, I think it is important to understand that uh, organizations need to innovate in order to survive in the 21st century, and that will result in needing better management and leadership. So I'm personally very interested in in how do organizations innovate, uh, create a, a culture of continuous uh, continuous innovation. And um, uh, and with that, uh, I believe it is very important that the customer experience beyond just the product uh, becomes more important for teams because many of the words, particularly in the agile community, uh, start with the word product, product owner, product backlog, product team, product roadmap, uh, you name it. But a product uh, is what, what a company offers to, to customers is more than, than a product. People have touch points with finance, with legal, with, with marketing, with uh, customer service, uh, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Many things around just the product. And you mentioned the word holistic. Well, we need to have a more holistic approach towards delighting our customers, which goes beyond just offering a product with great features. I asked two or three weeks ago on my social networks, do you have examples, do my friends have examples of great products that where people were still disappointed in the company or vice versa, uh, mediocre products, but still very satisfied as a customer. And it turned out that people have plenty of examples. (laughs) Um, I am personally, uh, I complain about Spotify all the time, but I love Spotify as a company in a more holistic way. But every day I have something that annoys me about the user interface, for example. So it's not a great Product for me, but I will n- not move away to anything else. Because as a whole package, as a company, and the whole experience for me is still is still great. And and you can have the 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 alternative as well. That developers and product teams make a great product, but the rest of the company destroys the the experience for customers maybe with really bad financial approach to revenue streams or charging customers or customer service whatever so my point is that we uh, we need better leaders and managers for sure and we need to also a more holistic approach in how we deal with innovation and go beyond what the agile community has traditionally focused on which is the product backlog and the product a uh, product owner and everything that starts with the word product, basically.
0: Thank you. Is there a specific book that's related to this that you're working on?
1: No, actually not. <laughs> so, uh, I am still learning as I go. Uh, I, uh, I am writing uh, a next book indeed, but it is not about this specifically. I try to be aware nowadays of why I like products or why I don't like products or the the companies behind them uh, or, or not. And sometimes I realize that a product actually sucks, but I am still a customer because I appreciate everything else that the company does. And then I would try just try to help them make the product better. I find that out sometimes. And, um, yeah, maybe that will turn into a book at some point in the future. I don't know. Maybe you just gave me an idea.
0: <laughs> All right. Leave us with a cliffhanger. If our listeners haven't followed you yet, where can they do that?
1: Well, uh, just type my name in Google. That's the easiest. You will find my website, the different small companies that I'm involved in, uh, uh HappyMelly.com. Uh, my blog is noop.nl and OOP.nl, uh, and, uh, shiftup.work is, is the team that I am involved in most at this, at this point with the uh, business agility and innovation uh, workshops. So, um, Plenty of places where I hang out.
0: Thank you, and thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Carolina. Thanks for the invite, appreciate it.
0: Today, my guest was Jurhan Fellow, author, speaker, and um, hobby painter, who has shared quite a few ideas to ponder and perhaps to try out yourselves. Make sure to follow his work, to keep up to date on his uh, newest achievements. And if this episode inspired you, Please do reach out to us on Twitter at Level Up Engineering. I am Carolina Toth, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for staying with us. This was the Level Up Engineering podcast by Apex Lab. Check them out at apexlab.io. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel, rate our content, and share your thoughts on this episode. See you next time.